And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Uh, with me again to answer some more TQs is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? Great to see you, Andrew. <laughs> good to see you. Great to see you. <laughs> Once more, we're going to be answering some more TQs. These pods are a little bit shorter, but I was just trying to get a little bit of content to you guys um, while I'm taking the week off. So here is our next question um, from at Brandon Chrisman. Andrew, I'm a Thunder fan from Nashville. I've seen one Thunder game in my life. It was that game in Memphis last year where the Thunder lost by a kajillion. Mm. Do I dare go again? I say yes, definitely. I say no. <laughs> You're I I don't think you can go to a live sporting event. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whatever you brought that night was historical and we just don't need that kind of energy around this team. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you need to exercise some demons before you go. But I say go. Um, at Eric Walrus in 1980, what is the end point for OKC with all these draft picks? You have so many, but pointless unless you use them for real assets. Wait for Chet to develop and then move a piece, move a piece or pieces. I mean, Listen, until I don't think you should freak out about this until they have to cut a player that you genuinely like loved and thought was going to be a key part of the rotation. Like if we get to a point in two years where they have to cut like J Dub, okay, like see, like seriously, <laughs> yeah. like that's what it would take for me to be like, okay, we got out of hand with all these picks. Mm-hmm. But done. like up till now, you know, whether it's Teo or Isaiah Roby or Hamadou Diallo. Like all guys that we enjoyed watching had their moments with the team, but at the same time, you can see that the guys who are replacing them feel like they're they're it's just a better situation. Yeah, higher quality players, players that fit the mold of what the Thunder want to do. So yeah. until we reach a situation where we are cutting players that, I mean, I, legitimately, it'd have to be someone like J Dub for me to freak out about the picks. Yeah, yeah, and, and listen. They're eventually going to consolidate picks or consolidate players to get somebody. Or they'll just here. keep kicking it down the road like they did with the Shangun trade. They'll keep doing those type of deals. <laughs> I think they want, I mean, 
it's it may be shocking to hear this. At some point, the Thunder want to be really good, and not in the far distant future. I think they want to be really good in the next couple of years. And the way to accelerate that is, and we saw it with the cat with the Cavs. The thing the Cavs had to do was they had to give up their own picks far into the future and basically give their future away to get Donovan Mitchell on their team. And I think it's well worth it. He's on a long contract. I think it's a smart move. The Thunder have tons of other picks. They have their own picks. They've got players that I think will be attractive to other teams. They're going to be in line to get good players when they want to. Now it's going to depend on who is available, what team is it, how much do you have to spend to get that player. The Thunder have the ability to overpay with the amount of stuff they've got. So if there is like a bidding war, like there was a bidding war for the 11th pick to get Jang. There were other teams that wanted Jang a lot. And the Thunder were able to overpay and get what they wanted. And I think that's kind of the luxury of having all these picks too, is like you can overpay to get what you want. And yeah, and that was like the first proof that we had that Jang trade. I mean, obviously they traded up for Jerry, but like that type of trade where you actually multiple picks to get into the lottery. Yeah. Especially the way that picks are valued nowadays to make any sort of trade without giving up a player to get into the lottery is hard to do. Like mm-hmm. th- Those just aren't happening a lot. And so that's what you like to see. Like regardless of how I felt about Usman Jang going into that during that draft process. Yeah. That's what you want. Like you want Pressy to identify multiple guys that he wants and then just do what he has to do to go get them. And at the same time, not giving up any of the choice picks, mm-hmm. which makes you think that there could be an even better deal down the road. Maybe he can get even higher in the draft. Yeah. We're not going to be able to trade for for uh Wimbenyama or Scoot, but yeah. Who knows? Maybe trade up to like six, five or six. Yeah, you could trade up in the draft. You could trade for a player. I mean, I, not that the Thunder would want this guy, but like DeAndre Ayton is going to be available at some point, I would guess. <laughs> and so, mm, interesting. Like a player it's like insider that, knowledge, a player from like, the athletic. A, that's, <laughs> that's what you. That's what you listen to this podcast <laughs> to hear insider knowledge. But and I don't know who the next Ayton will be. There will be another player. That doesn't like their situation, whether that's but also like Aiton is not he's not that guy. Like no when we talk about guys being upset, like Donovan Mitchell, fine. Mm-hmm. He he's allowed into that club. We like Jay Crowder, you know, eventually Jay Crowder is upset, you know, he's now available, you know. Like there there's a limit to the quality of player. Like I don't necessarily think they they would I mean, maybe if DeAndre Ayton, his his level of talent was in a wing. Jalen Brown. If he was if he was a wing. Let's say Jalen Brown's better than Ayton. I know, but if you could say like Jalen Brown is like I'm all right, I'm Yeah, done. but that one's easy. That one's easy. I'm like automatic. Yeah. I'm trying he, to think of like yeah. a wing in DeAndre Ayton's level of talent. Like never been an all star, probably won't be an all star, but of course that has a lot to do with him being a center. I don't know. I, I I would still be excited about that level, that caliber of talent, if it was not in the center position. R.J. Barrett. Oh man, that's actually a really good one. And I don't know <laughs> how a, I would it's feel. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah. See, His that that is where is it, maybe it is tough. Maybe like you do just have to wait for like the no doubt about it guy. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't love the idea of going all in 
on a guy that's like kind of just a tier below what you're really wanting. I mean, obviously both of those players are great and it'd be nice if they were on the Thunder, but they're also, it would take a huge package to get either one. Yeah. What Maybe not for Aiden. Patrick Williams? No, come on. I got. I mean, I mean, barely seen him play. I have no idea what he is. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know people are are hyped on him. There's some hype. There's some hype, dude. If the, if the Bulls flame out again, I mean, he's he might be their their guy he sooner than their, later. He might be their guy. But if you like called him and said, "Hey, we'll give you a player and a pick for him," maybe they probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> he's, he's he was like untouchable. What about, MP, in, what about MPJ? I'm not. I'm. Uh, I'm. Not, I'm not a fan for like injury concern reasons. Yeah. The idea that he had a major back surgery in his young twenties that yeah. just kind of freaks me out. He was already kind of like a stiff player. Yeah. The way he moved around the court. Yeah, I don't love it. And either. it could still work because he's so good at shooting the ball. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, that would scare me. I mean, you're getting closer. You're in range. Devin Vassell? That's how <laughs> I mean, I love Devin Vassell, but <laughs> he's... He's not there. Yeah, sure. That kind Go of player is the kind of player that they will need. But, yeah. also, but also, like, we have players on the team that could become some version of him, whether it's like... Jay well, that's Dunn the thing, like... Whatever. I mean, maybe I, I it'd be too hypey to include Aaron Wiggins in this conversation, but... Aaron Wiggins, J-Dub, Usman Jang, one of those guys breaks free as like a legitimate wing mm-hmm. in this league. You, you don't need much more. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, sure. you would still have those other guys as backups. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll, it'll be really interesting going forward because we obviously like all of these guys and we have high hopes for all of them and high ceilings in our heads for all of them. Yeah. But there are going to be players that are out there and available that will be upgrades over them. There will be. There will be. There will be a Jeff Green caliber player on our team that will be traded for hopefully not, hopefully Kendrick, not Perkins, Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> which might be no DeAndre Ayton. I don't know. Um, just kidding. Oh, man. Uh, all right. This question is from It's Your Boy, Jacko. Uh, how would you rate this take? I'm guessing he means on the spicy pepper scale. Oh, spicy peppers. Okay. We have just as much reason or more to be hyped for Usman as we do. J- he wrote J Wub, but I think he meant J Dub. <laughs> J Wub. I like that. <laughs> uh, I, I, well, I would say bell pepper because uh, even I, someone who was not a huge fan of Jang, I would s- still have said that, oh, he, he has a higher ceiling yeah. than J Dub. So if, yeah, if you're if you're excited about Jang and I mean just watching him, like guys that tall who are that fluid, don't it's it's not a super common archetype that you that you see. Like his his size and it's really his height. I mean, he's not super skinny. He actually yeah. looks. Like, he's gonna his, bulk his, up because he's nineteen. Yeah, his his, you can his see frame looks good. Big. Yeah, but right now it's his height that is like kind of blowing me away. Because seeing him just standing out on the three, like behind the three point line, yeah, or like defending, and he's like in a defensive stance with his arms spread, like I'm like, wow, that is kind of wild looking. He looks like a 2K creative player that you're just like, yep, let's make him seven feet, 
and a wing, and he can move like this. And I mean, it really. I mean, we've obviously so, all thought that, like watching Wimbenyama, like recently. Yeah. But like Jang, obviously, is not Wimbenyama. Like I'm not saying I'm not trying to make that comp. The only comp I'm trying to make is that at that size to have that fluidity and agility is just is weird. Like it just looks it looks crazy. It looks like something that in the same happen. in the same way that Giddy's passing at that height. Like you just don't see those combinations. Like mm-hmm. the, the Thunder are putting together some of these like very unique combinations. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say the same thing about Chet, obviously. Um, so yeah, I think it's totally reasonable to say that you're even more excited for Jang's upside in his future than J Dub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's Bell Pepper as well. At Carter, Bell Peppers are good though. Uh, depends on which one. Yellow. Hey man, I'll eat all of them. I will not. I'll eat all of them raw. Yeah, I will too. But I do not like green raw. However, if a green is on a pizza with some onions and mushrooms, uh, some sausage, I ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of out on green. Hey, man, ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> or if you find it in some salsa, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, at Carter Bradford 17, you continue to bring up that Trey Mann's ceiling for this team is, six, is the sixth man. Mm. What would he need to do to push into the starting lineup one day? SGA, Giddy, and Chet are pretty oh. sad. But could he be the two guard in that lineup and Giddy be the point forward? Yeah, so I think it, it is as it would be as much to do with other guys on the team as it would be to do with Trey. Because yes, for that to work. You would need Giddy to be. You would need to be, feel very comfortable about him being like your defensive four, yeah, or 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 defensive three. Although I think like long term, I actually feel better with him as like a four. Um, once he like bulks up, um, and then you could maybe make it work. It w- just what's scary to me is that we're projecting that to get that Giddy and Man are not going to be amazing defenders. You know, hopefully. They end up being good team defenders. Mm-hmm. So you you really would need to make sure, one, that Chet is as good as advertised. Whatever that fifth spot is has to be a very good defender. And then Shea has to come through on you know, some of the his defensive potential and yeah, promise. For sure. For sure. Because otherwise, you put Giddy and Mann in like your starting lineup, and I'm I'm getting a little worried about the defense. It's all about the yeah. It's all about the defense. If he somehow becomes a plus defender, then yeah, he's there. If he doesn't, then he's not. Like that's it. That's the difference. Like he can shoot. It's great. You need guys to come off the bench that can shoot that can go get a bucket. You need that badly. The Thunder have needed that. There were years where like they didn't have a Trey Man uh, like player, and Trey's like. I like him a lot. He's still not guaranteed to be some great six man even. Like he still has a lot to prove to get there. And but it's all about the defense. If he can defend at a high level somehow, which he's I mean, he's showed a he's shown a willingness to defend. I haven't seen him defend at a high level, but he's shown a willingness to defend. Um he would and maybe it's also if he somehow becomes like a primary initiator at the level of like a CJ McCollum, you know, then he can probably start too. where he's just, he can score 20 a game. And you're just like, no. Oh, okay. Like he probably should start with these guys. Cause he's just a true weapon. But I also think that 
I think Sam looks at those old San Antonio teams and like can't help himself but want a manager nobly type score off the bench. You know, because Manu flipped so many games and so many series and so many things for the Spurs that having a guy like that off the bench is just so crucial. And I don't know if Trey has the personality to be a guy that is a starting caliber player where like Manu could have had his own team. He was so unique. He could have had his own basketball team. He could have been the best player on the Nuggets. Or I think the Sixers chased him at one point. He could have been one of the best players on the Sixers. And there's also such a huge gap between Manu and guys like Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams, like Jordan yeah. Poole maybe is an example where like all those guys are awesome, awesome, like awesome scores in yeah. the league. But you saw in the playoffs with all those guys where there, there's just like a limitation to that archetype sometimes in the yes. playoffs, unless you have the perfect pieces around them. And Manu was like at another level from that where he, you know, he did it regardless. Yeah. He's big. He's tough. I mean, there, yeah, there's a lot to like there. And I know that Trey's listed at six, five. I'm aware of that. Oh, actually, but you don't no, believe he's not. It. no, he's not. What's he at? He's listed at six, three, which is correct. Six, three. That's correct. That's where the limitations are too. If he was truly six foot five, Great. Cool. We're good. I think he's good to play as long as he can defend at a high level. Six foot five. Great. Throw him in there. Six three. Just everything about his game screams six man, which is not like a bad thing. That's a great thing. No, it's it's why I'm so interested in what happens this season with Anthony Simons. Yeah. Who is very similar height, weight. Yep. And like the ideal version of Trey could be something like we saw from Anthony Simons last year. Mm-hmm. But that on a team that is now trying to win in Portland, like I, I just think that's going to be really interesting there's this a, year. There's a lot of to, pressure on Portland this season. Yeah, and, all and to see guys. how that works out. Yeah, Because I was talking to my friend uh, who's a big Blazers fan, and man, it like kind of makes sense to still bring Ant off the bench, even though it, it doesn't make <laughs> sense because you just gave him a ton of money and he's really good. But like you can construct a starting lineup with like Josh Hart and Nas Little and yeah. Jeremy Grant yeah. and Yusuf Nurkic that is actually like could be pretty solid defensively mm-hmm. around Dame. Yeah. But then you throw in Simons in there, and now you feel like you have all of those same concerns you had with the Dame CJ mm-hmm. lineup. And maybe it doesn't matter because the offense is so good because Dame is so good. But they do have some pieces to form some really good defensive lineups. Mm-hmm. And I'll just be interested to see how they try to balance that. Or maybe Simon, I was going to say one of those, Dame's probably not making a defensive jump at this point in his career, but maybe Simons can do something defensively. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's difficult to envision it. It's like so much easier to just throw Dort in there just because you trust him. You trust that he's going to compete at a high level and that he's a really good defensive player. But I think I'm already worried about SGA defensively. I'm already worried about Giddy defensively. And then I'm worried about Trey. Like, how good of a team defense can you have with those three? Offensively, obviously, there's no worries. But defensively, can they they be average? I don't know. And even as we're worried about it, like, they were the 18th-ranked defense last year, which, as we talked about on Saturday Slam and Jam, is something the Kings have not done. Haven't done it. Since they last made the playoffs. I've not done it. So they also won't let maybe, a coach do anything ever. Yeah. So maybe like at the same time, 
we sh- we we don't want them to keep adding <laughs> bad defensive <laughs> players, but you can also trust that whatever defensive talent is on this roster going forward, it's going to come out on the court. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at JLaw091, who is the Cracklin' Oat brand of this year's Thunder team? Underappreciated, but will surprise mm. some people once they get a taste. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, for me, my Cracklin' Oat member would probably be Usman Jang, just because yeah. of how I felt about him in the, in the draft process, and even in uh, Vegas. Yes. No, no, in Salt Lake uh, Summer League. Um, but to be honest, like just seeing them in these first couple preseason games, I'm already uh, feeling much more optimistic. Um, so who else, who else could it be? I mean, JRE always feels kind of overlooked, even though he's getting yeah, a starting nod. He's definitely more of a Cheerios guy where it's just like solid, but like, I don't know how surprised you could be with him. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, in- I think for a lot of fans, it will be Poku. Poku. Yeah. Not not for us because I feel like we've bought in hook line and sinker. To oh, we're the in. Height. We're all in. I also think Aaron, Aaron Wiggins could be that guy because I think a lot of people that aren't like dialed into the Thunder would be like, I never even heard of Aaron Wiggins. Is this Andrew Wiggins? Yeah. Did the Thunder trade for Andrew Wiggins? No. Who is this? You know, we're like no one knows what Cracklin' Oat Brand is. You know, everybody. The thing about Poku <laughs> is why he's not is that everybody knows who Poku is. That's true. Nobody knew what Cracklin' Oat Brand was. No one knew what it was. Not one Not one of the players had any clue that it had existed prior. Which I think fits a little bit to Aaron Wiggins, where I think a lot of people would be like, who is that? What's going on here? Yeah, because no. I only have ever heard about Cracklin' Oat Brand from this podcast. Oh, wow. And I, I bet there's a lot of people who have only heard about Aaron Wiggins from this podcast. That's true. That's it. We found it. This is it. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
um, at the Ross McDaniel. Cinnamon Toast Crunch and other big name cereals continue to pump out cereal variants. At mm, one point, is enough enough? How far is too far? Take the Dolce de Leche Toast Crunch, for instance. Mm. Uh, you know, they're just, they're just trying to wring out every penny they can get. <laughs> instead, really? of, instead of focusing on what they're good at, and we see this across media, across different companies yep. doing this. Um, you see it with movies all the time. You know, let's yes. just do another variation of the same thing. Yeah. It's like, hey, just because you made one good thing, why don't you try doing something else? Yeah. Try try making a new cereal that's totally different yeah. from Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Maybe it'll even be better yeah. than Cinnamon Toast Crunch. But no, they all have to play off of the same old tired idea. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of out on it for the most part. There is a spicy Cinnamon Toast Crunch where it's like Ugh. spicy cinnamon. That <laughs> sounds awful. I'm very intrigued by it. In what way? Why would you want something spicy for breakfast? That would bother know. me. I don't know. I have no idea. I just don't really under. I don't. Part of me is like I'm intrigued because I don't understand it. The um, only time when I support this is with a cereal like Cheerios, where it's yes. so basic at the beginning that it almost re- needs variety. Honey nut is better. Apple cinnamon. Multigrain. Better. Multigrain. Better. Chocolate. Better. Cinnamon. Better. Like there's there's so many and they're actually interesting, <laughs> yes. Because it does feel like you're doing these variations on this like very basic theme. Whereas cinnamon toast crunch, that's already a fully realized idea. Oh, it's the yeah. Like you're done. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. Move on. Yeah. Pat yourself on the back. And move on. Yeah, you did it. You can cut it out now. Uh, all right, we'll go maybe a couple more questions. Let's see. Uh, I've. I feel like I remember Al Babycakes jokingly tweeting after the Russ Paul George trades about scouting seventh graders. And I'm pretty sure he mentioned Chet Holmgren by name. Does that ring a bell? Or is that something that he dreamed? This is from at Me Love Thundamo. Uh, so this is true. And this is honestly my only regret from me deleting my tweets. Yeah. Because I remember finding a picture of Chet. It, he, well, he wasn't in seventh grade. He was probably like a sophomore or a freshman in high school or something. Yeah. But I remember reading about this draft, probably because I thought it was going to be the double draft or some stupid thing yes, like that. Definitely was and I, the reason. And I posted a picture of Chet and like, oh my gosh, this guy looks like such a thunder guy. And I wish I had just kept that one tweet because it came true. Yeah. And it, it would have made me laugh. But you know what? I don't regret it. I'm always <laughs> gonna I'm gonna keep deleting these tweets. Get them while they're hot. Because they're leaving. They got an expiration date. Uh, Z Zodiac Killer. Trade one, Uh keep one, cut one. Shay, Giddy, Chet. Trade one, keep one, cut one. So for trading, I'm going to say Shay. Okay. Not because I want to trade Shay, but Shay is going to get the highest return. Mm hmm. True. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Yes. And and then I'm going to cut Giddy. Yeah. And then I'm going to keep Chet because in this scenario, now you're really bad because you've just (laughs) cut Josh Giddy for some reason (laughs) and traded away Shea. But that is a reset. That would be a reset. This is a Scoot Scoot Henderson-like reset. Yeah. You're keeping your your best young prospect, youngest prospect, and then you're clearing the decks for Wemby or Scoot. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Surprisingly easy. Yeah. At H. Messler one, 
Am I the only one that noticed Bayes still makes the wrong decision on a regular basis? <laughs> I, well, I would say I do not think that you're the only one. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a Reddit post immediately after the first preseason game. I think it was if during, not during the game. The game. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's bad. You're not the only one. Uh, you are. You know what's funny? Company. It's like it's almost like a reverse thunderstruck where Bayes seems to have taken some of Poku's early powers because that miss dunk he had when he stuffed himself at the rim, like that was such a Poku move from two years ago. It felt really sad. And it feels like Bayes has like taken on those powers now. Yeah, I know. I don't find it as funny as I once did with Poku though. No, it feels sad. Yeah, there's just something with Poku when he when he when I was in town for that game last year. Yeah, and he missed that wide open oh dunk, gosh. and then stole the ball and came back and dunked it. Yeah, I mean that was great. What a what a treat that was. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I feel sorry for Bays at this point. All right, last question at Alex underscore Bowler Jack, who has the best possibility of underperforming as a member of the starting five? As a member of the starting five, yeah. The current well, I guess we don't really know what the current starting five is, but well, let's just say it's Shea. Dort, Giddy, Jeremiah, Poku. Poku. I mean, it has to be Poku. Like, if one of those guys is going to lose their starting spot in the first couple months, like, it would have to be Poku. It would have to be Poku. It would have to be because he's super terrible, and then somebody like Jang is better, or Baze gets his act together, or something. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, there are options, potentially. Yeah, yeah there's not... Whereas, like, who are you going to replace? I mean, you're going to replace Giddy with Trey Mann? Like, no, you could, but you're not going who's to. In, and then who's encroaching on Jeremiah? Where you're like, oh my gosh, we got to play this guy more. Like, I, I don't think Jay Will is going to do that this year. Maybe you could argue that like it gets to a point with Dort if he just is like so cold shooting that and and Wiggins is just shoot he's shooting fifty percent from yeah. three every night. Yeah, like maybe, but they just signed Dort to a long deal. He's an important part of this team. I just don't see them making that change. It would have to go yeah. really bad. It have to yes. It would have to be like Dort is shooting twenty percent from three and twenty nine percent from the field, and he's lost all his powers. All his powers. And what if, what if he gets he shrinks up too? He he stops working out. He's six feet tall. He he slims down. He's skinny. Yeah. They might have to make a change at that point. <laughs> That's how. <laughs> but yeah, it's probably Poku. Just because, who knows? He's looked good in the first two preseason games, but, you know, who knows? Who knows? Uh, all right. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We'll be back next week with some fresh podcasts. Be sure to go check out the link on the Down to Dunk Twitter or my own for the Down to Dunk Night at the Arena, November 3rd. Game against the Denver Nuggets. Get to hang out with the Down to Dunk crew. Get to go to the game together. Get to do half-court shots. Get to take a big group photo. It's going to be very fun. So please join us. Hope you guys have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you guys again on Monday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.